Hey guys, welcome to The Roundtable. Here at The Roundtable, we continue the conversations that we have had from Sunday morning and how you can have practical ways to help every person take their next steps towards Jesus together. Hey guys, welcome to The Roundtable. This is episode 54, and we have our guest over here. What? You forgot to introduce yourself. I did, You just it. got done saying, we just got done going through this whole pre-session. Okay, right, She's right, saying right. to me, okay. make sure we're okay. not starting over. No, we have to. No, we're that not, Nick, shaking his head. Please no. don't. No. Okay, all right. Well, my no. name is Jenny Walker, and I am the social media <laughs> ministry leader here at Life. Who are you? <laughs> Michael Lee Pastor here at Life Church. Are you? I am. Everyone's forgetting their title. Well, no, but this is the thing. People said like we never introduce ourselves, so new people coming to the podcast wouldn't know what we did for a living. What we did for a living. Yeah, or where we are. But you already said we're we're at Life Church. We don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, because we want new people. So I mean, it only makes sense. Like we're trying to reach out to new people. So if you're tuning in from wherever, welcome. (laughs) There you go. See. Yes, and we have our guest (laughs) Hannah with us today, and I really am. I struggle with pronouncing it. What? Is Pronouncing it, what? Her last name. Is you it, didn't. Did you try to practice before we went on the air? No. Here, let's take an opportunity to practice bang your name. Ma? Is it just Bangma? Okay, all right. What did you? What were you? Gonna I don't say? know. It could have been Bagma. <laughs> <laughs> One time we had a Bagma. The silent. I don't know. <laughs> One time we had someone ask if it was Arabic. Arabic? Yeah. Really? Interesting. Bangma. Mm-hmm. I know. Arabic? I know. It's Dutch. That's weird. Wow. Oh gosh, if they hear me say that, and it's you got to talk forgive loud. Me. Yeah, you can't do. Hear you. They just, they just sent in a text saying we can barely hear you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a really loud talker, I feel like. Well, I'm not very monotone. I feel like she's very loud. No, mm-hmm. I know, but we'd like, we got to make sure. That yes. I can see the text going across the screen up oh, there. Oh, yeah. People wow. saying, There's Hannah, be louder. <laughs> Speak up. <laughs> I'm very quiet. Yeah, so yes. Hannah, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us, again, you've been coming to church here at Life for how long? Tell I us think- a little bit about your life, what's going on. I think I've been coming for about seven years. Um, a lot has happened since then. We have two boys. Um, one's almost five. How'd you and end up at life? Yeah. We moved to Huntington, and I think someone recommended it. And then so we just started coming here, and we stayed. Wow. And who's we? Eric and I, my uh, husband. <laughs> well, I know, but the, the viewers don't know. Uh, my job, husband Jenny, Eric and I. <laughs> moved exactly. from where? Fort Wayne. Oh. Well, he was in Warren with his parents, and then they moved to Tennessee and he stayed in Huntington and then I guess I moved from Fort Wayne to Huntington. Yeah. Okay. So wow. I did. By recommendation. That's how you ended up at life. I think I don't know. It's been some time, so it's hard to remember. <laughs> Seven Hashtag years mom is a long brain. time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A lot has happened since long. then. Yeah. yeah so, so again, your family. So you, Eric, kids. Um, we have Jackson and Everett. Okay. And Jackson will be five in Two weeks. Mm-hmm. One week. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Birthday. Are you having a big birthday party? Um, I don't know yet. It's kind of hard. I'm like, what do you want to do? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> so, Wait, at five years old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like no five-year-old would really like, know. We get him <laughs> no five-year-old toys. would pick his birthday party? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, you- well, most of them know, like, you know what their favorite superhero is. Our uh-huh. kids like to play with like boxes. Like they, <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, let me, let me say. Yeah, okay, so, that's so amazing, like you get them though. a gift and they play in the box. It's yeah, like, they're very is. simple. That's why we shouldn't get them gifts. Exactly. Right, right. Yes, I right? agree. Get the so, kid a box for Christmas. Yep. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. I'm Wrap so it for it. Because yeah. you're going to just, they're going to use the toys and then they like get bored of those. And so they're he, like, oh, he something. He really doesn't like watch TV or like any. Um, like- well, I homeschool, so I try to keep the screen oh, time wow. down. Um, and like when I'm not, I work for a mental health crisis line. Uh Um, so I do that once like every other week and then I run my business from home, but we, um, homeschool, we just started last year and went through our first year or semester, whatever, pre-K of, um, my father's world. It's a Christian curriculum. Um, okay. so he's like very, like he loves going to playgrounds. He loves being outside. Uh-huh. And that's what I wanted for him. Cause you know, when I was younger, we played outside. Like we weren't in front of a TV all the yeah. time. Is yeah. that how you grew Same. up? Yes. You I, played outside. Yes. I was actually just thinking that the other day. Like I couldn't even imagine growing up in front of everything that the kids do now. Like I was outside from whenever I woke up, which was late to... <laughs> <laughs> Even when you were a kid? Noon. Yes. When you were a kid, you woke up late. Yes. Oh, yeah. Summers. Mm-hmm. You wake up at like noon. I've never been a morning house. person. One time I kicked my dad because he... W- okay, so Sundays I used to always get grounded for... Grounded on Sunday. Yes, because <laughs> I wouldn't wake up for church and they would have to like come to my room like 20 times. And I remember just one Sunday, I was so tired. I like... He like my dad tried to come and wake me up and take my covers off, so I kicked him. I don't know where I kicked him, but I'm you sorry, kicked dad. Your dad. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, dad. Uh, yeah, but like that's just how it was. I would get grounded because they would be like, "One more time, you're getting grounded." But the thing was, I never got grounded. Like they always said I was grounded, and but then, didn't stick with it. Yes, that's how my mom amazing. was. She'd be like, "You're grounded," and then not let me play like the next day. Yeah, that's so funny. Like, didn't you get your butt paddled? Um. Yes. And then it just stopped, I guess. I don't know. Like <laughs> it I didn't did. work. No. But when my mom would spank me, she would spank me. And then I would turn around and laugh because it was like, it's always a nice the, mom. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. full spank. And it was just hilarious. Yeah. I wanted to make her mad. So I would just laugh and run away. Mm. But then she Mm-mm. would be like, Oh, do you want me to get your dad? And I'm like, no. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so imagine this. When we were at life church Bluffton. Mm-hmm. They did a series on parenting. And after, did I already tell you this no, story? No, but did they do something on spanking? Yeah. And so they talked about, you know, should you spank your kids, blah, blah, blah. Had a baby doll on stage showing you how to paddle your kids. Are you kidding? And <laughs> on the way out, on mm-hmm. the way out, they handed out wooden paddles to everybody going out. <laughs> Were they out. engraved? <laughs> I know. Was the logo on there? Oh, no. But we still have the paddle. Oh, and the my kids, gosh. Like, signed it like Isaac was the first one to get it the wooden paddle because the whole idea is like to not not discipline and anger don't paddle and anger right, and so a right. lot of times if you use your hand it's mm-hmm. more in anger instead of saying like, I got the belt yeah oh yeah that's so, vicious yeah so instead it's like here's a paddle you know go to your room you know, I would rather a uh, paddle scares me I know but sign it why or pick why your <laughs> Isaac Isaac wrote his name with little crying tears. Oh my god! As a covenant to their dad and mom that they were going to be good or that was going to be used. That's what I see. No, that sucker got used. Wow, (laughs) that is amazing. That that would not happen today. You would not paddle your kid. No, I mean I don't think like they would have a seminar or like a whole little like sit down. Nick, what about that? Can you run that by Corinne? Can we do a whole marriage and parenting series and hand out paddles at the end? For, how would that go over? With, with, <laughs> with the Life Church logo engraved. That's yeah. what I'm saying. When it wears off, you need a new one. Okay, well, that here's a, no. So here's a good question. As a young parent, right? So of young children, if a church did a series on discipline of your children and 
handed out paddles. How that would, would you be take terrifying? It? <laughs> would it be like? That's what I'm please saying. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> please yeah. don't. Please don't. So you saying that as a young parent, that would not go over well. Mm-mm, not in today's world. Well, no, like you specifically. Like, are you for like spanking or not? Because like this is a big topic with this, some parents. What spanking is? Spanking. Like whether you do or don't spank. Yes. Because oh, child abuse, and I mean, it's a big thing in like society. Meaning that it's like you don't like people don't spank right, anymore because um, child protected services will come in. And, I like, am. I mean, I was raised like you don't do that. Like if you do, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. I would say our style is more so like showing them why things are bad and we don't mm-hmm. want them to get in trouble later on in life. So more so like talking to them about it. Okay. Um, I don't think that's as effective in our house than it is like <laughs> to put them in the timeout and yeah. let, have the other one be playing with the toys while the other one's like, <sighs> you know, mm-hmm. or like sitting on the stairs away from us. So I've found that that's more effective, not to say that I'm, for or against it but i've found in our life that it just works better to just like have a conversation mm-hmm. with them yeah but i feel like just in society like people are like so i don't know if it's just today like people are so like you know how people get about certain things like that's one so of paddling's them. one of those things yes pat well pat, i feel like it's spanking. a lot more controversial yeah nowadays mm-hmm. and people well, do you get- think that has anything to do with like the level of disrespect in our kids today because I think there's more, like, if you go out and, and you're with young kids, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there is more disrespect for parents than I I've would say, ever seen in my life. I would yes. say as a mom, in what I grew up to now, there's a lot of different forms of parenting. There's more of, like, the gentle yeah. parenting, and I'm for that, but I feel like it's specific to each kid and, like, their personality because some kids, spanking's not going to work because mm-hmm. they have sensory issues um, or developmental delay and so i don't feel like that's effective for them especially with working with people who have different disabilities um and you sometimes you don't know if a kid you know has that or doesn't until they're um seen Mm -hmm. or evaluated and i feel like it really just depends on each household like i'm not a judge i'm not a judgy mom like i let other moms do what they want Mm -hmm. and i you know like I am learn. I'm still learning my kids as they grow. So I'm finding different ways are more effective. Like, I think that putting your kid in front of an iPad and having them do screen time, I think that that is taking away their attention from you. So they're going to be less likely to listen to you. So yeah. like, we are not like for or against it or judge anyone else for doing that. It's more so like, you know, if our son does, I want to be sure that his mind can be free afterwards. Cause sometimes he's like, not cooperative you mm-hmm. know and is just like angry at me for taking it away and i'm like okay well like if you're gonna act like that well we're just not gonna do it anymore so, so he really has to like work for it like a conversation yeah. with them i think that's good though because then it, so we understand. have a timeout chair uh-huh. and it makes him more mad i mean if i swatted him on the butt uh-huh. or if i said go sit in timeout while my youngest is playing with the toy he wants that's more effective and i'm not really like i don't i'm not really for like you know Hitting. Yeah. So um well, I know how, every parent is different in the like, age difference between them. Two and four. Okay, well that makes sense because then they'll definitely be like jealous of one another if one's playing. So I and think it's not. way more effective to say, okay, go sit in the chair and he's like playing with the toy he had. Uh-huh. And it's like so angry yeah, just because right. like he can't be down and playing right. with his brother. 
Well, so, talking, go ahead. What are you going to say? <laughs> I, I want to know why she um, chose homeschooling. Well, no, so here, I want to bring up, so let's stay on controversial issues. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, and so You those, like the controversial no, issues. No, I know, and we got a mom we can get, you know, and, <laughs> a, fu- and a future mom. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no. not like you're pregnant. I mean, I... <laughs> no, no, don't put that on there. Not. Um, unless it's another Jesus coming back. <laughs> then Hashtag yes. Jenny is not pregnant no, for so those asking. I've always had two questions, because again, like, so like, let's form it around um, back to when we did... We're just having this conversation with the Pat Moores this week. So mm-hmm. Sarah and I went over to the Pat Moores maybe Thursday night or mm-hmm. something like that. And Don was talking about when he first came to Life Church. <clears throat> so when he first came to Life Church is when we were doing oh, yeah. original design yeah. or beautiful design, mm-hmm. you know, which was God designed marriage in this way. And if we operate out of this way, so the role of a woman, the role of a man right. in God's eyes, like the biblical view of what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. And that's very controversial to this day. Yeah. Right? Let's talk to the about whole it. idea. Huh? Let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, just the whole idea, like the man's role, yes. just to, to break it down from the standpoint, not just spiritual leader and helpmate and all of that stuff, but like it's a man's role to provide mm-hmm. and it's the wife's role to take care of her kids. Right. Like that's what's supposed to happen. And then that the man is supposed to provide every opportunity for his wife to stay home to raise her children and part of a woman's role is to raise the children mm-hmm. right so that's part of the controversial issue is because right. i bring this up all the time and ask this question and i don't know you know again i think there's a lot of responses to it but i'd love to hear both of your response is it the mom's responsibility so forget everything else so forget whether money's an issue forget mm-hmm. what your personality is is it their mom's responsibility to raise her children or send them to daycare Mm. Unless somebody else raised their children. So I would say for me personally, because um, our marriage and our lifestyle isn't the same as everyone else's, but my mom and dad got divorced when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a stepmom who was a huge blessing um, and became a big part of our lives when we were younger. Um, like she made sure like we had all of our food. And mm-hmm. if we were going to mom's house, she's like, you're going to eat. Nice. <laughs> so, and my dad worked second shift and third a lot because he worked at the hospital. So we were with her until we went to my mom's house. And my mom was very independent, like provide for yourself, always have like, you know, a way to support yourself if you need to. So it was, she always raised me to be independent. So mm-hmm. like when I was very young, I started working like full-time hours Um, I would say I was a sophomore and I was working at a pizza place, but I bought my own car. I paid for my own cell phone. Like I, you know, I, and I was in a bad relationship in high school. Um, and I was like, you know, for like a spiritual battle, like my faith was important to me then. And the relationship was not like supporting that. Um, and I really struggled with it because, you know, when you're with someone and you're young, you love them, you know? So um, as Eric and I got together, um, he, op- he did all the things. He paid for the meals. He opened the doors and I was like, what Aww. is this? Like, bad boy. <laughs> so what nice. is this? Like, <laughs> um, you know, cause I was always used to like yeah. paying for my own and stuff. And, um, I, he's, <laughs> he's very great. Um, so I would say like, because I was out of high school and EMT firefighter. So I was like doing that and working my job. And, you know, he had a full-time job and we weren't married yet or engaged. So like we were always doing our own things, but he always made sure I was taken care of. Mm -hmm. And, um, then we got married in 2015 and moved out to almost Warren, Indiana. And so I went from like 
a housing addition mm-hmm. to like land country. in front of a cemetery. And country I was like, country. I was like it, in front of a cemetery too. Oh, wow. I was like, oh gosh, this is so scary. I'm so so um, you know, I had like both views on my parents. Like my dad provided for my stepmom and mm-hmm. my mom um, learned or taught me like we lived together as I was like, you know, getting more towards like 17, 18. And I did like the mowing for her and like taking out the trash, but she supported me. Like both parents and both sides were supportive, but like I got to the point where I moved to Fort Wayne cause I wanted to do the EMT class at mm-hmm. Anthus. Um, it's a vocational. Um, so I would do all that for her. And then like I'd work and she'd go to work. We kind of worked opposite hours. Oh, I gotta take a drink. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Yeah, I know. I get that. <laughs> Did your mouth? Did your mouth dry? Yes, all the time. I <laughs> so long story short, relate. like I had both positions, you know, because like I saw how my stepmom provided for us while my dad worked, and then like. My mom kind of did both things when we were with her. So she functioned as my dad and my mom. Like when Mm -hmm. we were at her house, like I love both my parents very, very much. And my stepmom passed of cancer in 2016. Um, And my grandma, who were like two really great, brilliant women in my life. Mm -hmm. And like they loved each other too. So it's my mom's mom and my stepmom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, And we do like you know, family Christmases and Easter's together. And together. Oh, wow. Um, and so like, we've always had like a really awesome family, um, and lots of mixed family. Um, but we never really did step, we were all family. Mm-hmm. So, um, going back to like the core of marriage. So Eric and I, um, moved out there and I was still working full time. Yeah. And then we talked, you know, we got married and then talked about having kids And then, so I had my first and I was working at Pathfinders in Huntington. Um, So I wanted to still work. Like it was always in me to still work. Like I needed to for my mental health. And then, um, so I had him and then he was about a year and a half and I started going to, so like I stayed home. I mean, he was at the sitter, but it was like a close friend. It wasn't like someone who ran a daycare. Like Mm -hmm. he was at a friend's house who only had one other kid. Um, or like a few others. And then I would work and then we'd come home. Like I didn't have all these other things on my plate. So then I was like, Oh, something in me sparked. And I was like, I want to do something else. So Mm -hmm. he was about a year and a half and I started going to HU. Um, so I wanted to go for nursing and that was like 2018 to 19. Cause you know, like the um, winter semester goes into the new year. Yeah. So we prayed and prayed and prayed about it. Cause we were married. So like the financial side of things, you know, like when you're single, like they mm-hmm. provide more things. So we got approved for some financial aid. And I was like, I know this is a big commitment, like financially, but I wanted, I knew I wanted to be a nurse. And then, um, something hit and I got pregnant with Everett. And mm. I was like, you know what, God, like if this is your will, this is fine. So Back up a few years, I was home with Jax, our oldest, and then I was still working at Pathfinders while I was pregnant. And then Kim, who goes here, was our realtor. Mm-hmm. And we were like looking at different houses. So I was um, eight, nine months pregnant and we were looking for a new house while I was like fresh out of school. Yeah. And then we moved to Fort Wayne. Um, and I would say probably when I was like seven or eight months pregnant with Everett, I quit. Wow. And that's when I transitioned into a full-time stay-at-home mom. Was that a conversation? I always wondered, like, do you just come home or like, do you start dating? Like, I know it was different in yours, but like, 
would you just start dating and be like, are you okay with me being a stay at home mom? Well, when we first got, when we were first like pregnant with Jax, um, it was hard to think about that because mm-hmm. we weren't like financially there. I, I don't know if we weren't financially there. It was just really hard for me to think that I may not be uh, working. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was yeah, hard I guess for that, me. I guess that's my biggest question. So my biggest question is if that's what I'd hear. And I'm assuming that's going to be your answer to Jenny. Like, so yes when you have no. kids, yes and no. Well, Meaning. to be honest, when you become a full-time stay-at-home mom, you lose who you are. Really? My mental health went south. Yeah, that's scary. Because postpartum is a big thing and nobody mm-hmm. talks about it. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I actually, <laughs> I do 8 billion things and I've done so much in my life, but I actually want to become a life coach Ooh. or like a health coach. And I have the classes to take. Um, it's kind of at your own time, but I would like to help moms with postpartum depression and like taking care of their kids. I've also considered like doulaing, um, where you like go and help and help moms like yeah. what they want and educate them. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine, to answer your question, mm-hmm. is more so I didn't want to stop working because I knew I would lose a sense of who I was. Right. Um, Eric is always supportive of what I want. He's a very loving and supporting husband. Um, he's like, you know, whatever's going to make you happy because, like, you're going to be the one who, like, because, you know, I made the doctor's decisions. I made the doctor's appointments because he works the full day hours. You know what mm. I mean? Like, he can't yeah. just, like, get off and go to a doctor's appointment with me. Um, so if it was like, are we doing shots? Like it was me deciding that if we, are we doing like, um, our oldest had a, um, murmur and that was really hard to hear Mm -hmm. that he had a hole in his heart. And I was like, I need you to take off and like, go to this with me. This is a big thing. Um, and it was really hard to hear because like, you know, he had had good health and it was nerve wracking to me, but like. I realized I was in that role, but when he's home, he's a big part of their life. Like as soon as he comes home, he is making dinner or he's playing with them or reading books. Like they're on his lap as soon as he gets home. And he's always been that way. Um, I think with a lot of marriages now, um, it's not always the woman who stays home. And I know you're very traditional. I've listened to you talk about you and Sherry a long, long time. <laughs> well, wait a she second. No, wait a second. I want to make sure that this is clear. Because it's really not that I'm traditional. I would say it's biblical. Biblical, yes. I would say yeah. it's not a tradition thing. I think it's a... God, and again, this would go clear back to the... Right. You want to talk about a controversial podcast? We're about ready to get into it. That's fine. Let's do it. No, do it. No, Let's I'm just it. saying... I, so biblically, right, the role of a man is not to stay home with the kids. Right. It's not. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're going to live out biblically what a man is designed to do, it was not to stay home and raise the kids. And again, it's the way we're made. Like, again, mm-hmm. God did not design men. Part of our design was not to be the nurturer and caretaker. I mean, that's just not biblically the way that he designed it. And I know when we did the original design series, tons of people were like, you've just set women back 30 years in history, you know, (laughs) but that's not your intention. No, it's not at all. All I'm trying to say is, is that, and again, I'm not, and I think people will know me. I mean, I'm not mad at anybody that makes any decision. I'm just saying if we get outside of the design, Mm -hmm. which was what God's role of a man and the role of a woman and how it was put together, because I always ask the question is part of the problem with our kids today is that somebody else is raising them. I mean, you asked yes. the question about homeschool. Well, like, think well, about this well think about this, okay? There are more, 
I don't know statistically speaking, but from personal experience, I know more single moms than I do married moms. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So they have to play both sides for their kids. They don't have a choice. No, no, no. And again, I would agree with you. This goes back to so. So I mean, I would love for all of my friends to find a man to love them and provide for them and their kids. But it's just not the case. Right. And so that's I mean, that's even a whole nother. Yeah, that's what went wrong. Yeah. All of these cases that men are abandoning. Mm hmm. Their wives. Well, and it's not only men. Let's make that clear. So if anyone is listening, like we're not saying it's just the men. <laughs> not right now, just the men. But it, it's both. But I agree with you. Um, but I, you know, <laughs> um <laughs> I have been provided by for both of my parents and I'm thankful for that. And I know not a lot of kids have that. So maybe that's where the brokenness comes from is the foundation of your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, absolutely. So here's a, here's <laughs> another question for, for both of you. Mm-hmm. So, um, after Sherry died, you know, I made a decision like early on, you know, that I'm going to get married again. Like mm-hmm. I never want, I wasn't going to get married. Like that was the whole thing leading up to, we know when Sherry was sick, like, I'm never going to get remarried again. I had everything I wanted. But after she was gone, I mean, something shifted inside yeah. of me, which was, you guys have heard me talk about it. it well, you ha- were together for so long. Right. like Yeah, so it was just like, I don't know, but this is weird. I have these feelings. <clears throat> when the process of talking to people about this whole idea, you know, the, the fascinating thing to me were, was just that how many people said there are not very many good men out. Like, you're saying, hey, I wish I could fly. For all of these single moms mm-hmm. that you're talking about, they're like, so where are all the men? Like, why aren't there a bunch of godly men ready to That's what I'm saying. To, to jump in and do these things? Like, I get it that it's not the, you know, not just man, not just woman. But at the end of the day, I do see a lot of this women trying to get it right. Right. Or trying to get their kids. To, where are all the good guys? Like, that's what I keep I don't know. I think obviously there are still good men out there. It's just I feel like where are they? maybe they've been gaslighted or whatever the lingo is for it now. Maybe. No. What does that mean? Gaslighting means. I mean, it's essentially just like a narcissistic kind of behavior. Just like. I I've never like, heard of this before. I feel like maybe they feel about women the same way women feel about men. So they just don't come out. And when they do, if they get burned, they stay put. Like, because I think. Y- no, be- I mean, I see what you're saying, but that's like, just that's making them so sensitive. Like, come on. Like, Who's sensitive? Men. Like, if we're saying that, like, yes, yes. Like women can gaslight and be narcissistic to men. But I mean, come on. Like, that's your child. Like where are you? Well, that's what I'm, I, don't I was saying more of like the dating world because that's where Mike was. Yeah, kind no, of I'm trying to figure it. out. So for you, mm-hmm. we've talked about this a thousand times. How is there not a godly man ready to sweep you off your feet? Right, right. Where are they? That's what I've been saying. No, that was what. Well, that's why I'm raising my kids the way I am. You want to talk about homeschooling? You want to talk about right. morals? You want yeah. to talk about screen time? I think it all plays. Oh, absolutely. And how you talk about Mike that if we're not raising our kids. Like you say, they went to church. Mm-hmm. They were raised Christian, but people are so burnt out by the term Christian and religion mm-hmm. that more kids, I think, are being like they're pushed away. Like, you know, if there's there's a way to raise your kids in a church versus mm-hmm. just saying, no, you're going to church. You're going to do this because well, at a certain point they have to be able to choose like. And I believe like with our kids, we're, we're instilling 
how like our foundation in them any young age and they know who Jesus is. And you're is. doing it at home. Like a lot of these parents are saying like, let's go to church. They're not yeah. taking it home with them. No, like, but that's the difference. I mean, Hannah, I think what you're saying is exactly what we're trying to figure out is, is that part of the problem in culture, right? Is that, and, and again, so when I say these things, make sure that I don't, nobody hear me say that women don't struggle with postpartum depression and staying at home with kids is not like, extreme i mean i, can I just want to tell you being a stay-at-home mom is not glorious we don't sit on our butts and do nothing no, 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 all day no, no. let's no. just not saying to you i'm just saying like yeah. i feel like most people are like well yeah. what do you do all day and it's like what am i what not doing i'm do? teaching my kids how to love i'm teaching my kids how to respond in a real life situation i'm teaching them how to become themselves by letting them play or be outside or read and like it helps mm-hmm. them. Like, my two-year-old can talk just as clearly as my five-year-old. Yeah, but Hannah, think about this. I mean, and this is guy and girl, you mm-hmm. know, so husband and wife. This is that, and I, because I hear what you're saying in the, the standpoint of a stay-at-home mom struggles with the idea of finding her identity. Mm-hmm. But back to biblically, we find our identity in the legacy that we will leave. Like, the our identity is to be found in the legacy, and the legacy we leave is relational, right? And so... The legacy, whether it's Nick and I as as fathers, and we work all day and we come home, we're we're teaching a concept, a legacy. We're leaving a legacy with mm-hmm. our children on what it looks like, and moms being on like our what we should find our identity in. Because, and Nick, maybe you can weigh in on this too. But part of the struggle with men is they find their identity in work, right? Is yeah. and, the, and then they struggle, yeah, and then they struggle finding their identity and how they can train their children. Would you that be fair to say, Nick? Oh, I totally agree with that. That you agree that men struggle finding their identity in... I think they get married to their work. And then they come home, and the wife and children are so excited to see them, but they're burned out at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Right. Right, but that would be the whole, like... So back to the biblical part of it is, is that... Our identity, like, you know, again, it's easy to find your identity in work. It's easy to find your identity being an EMT or being a social media director. But what's going to last in the end has to be the legacy of our children. Mm-hmm. And it, it, not whether or not they do or don't accept Christ. That's not our role. Right. Like they will make their own decisions. But what you're doing is you're not asking your kids to go to church. What you're teaching them or instilling them is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the natural flow of Jesus is to be with other people who love Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So you're instilling it as a cultural narrative on how they live their life well that's not the cultural narrative that you were talking about right the cultural narrative you're talking about is both parents are working mm-hmm. they go to work they get home they feed their kids they put them in bed they might read them a bible study might tell them a prayer and then they have to get them up on they're running a ragged life and then they're saying yeah. let me add one more thing to your ragged life get up and go to church on a sunday right you and know. i think that was like what our life was when we were younger like my dad worked, you know, the second or third shift, and mm-hmm. then my mom was a stay-at-home mom with us, and then it would come Sunday, and we'd go, or we'd go to my grandma's church, and it was. It was such a rush. Like, and where's the calm in that? You know what right. I mean? Like, not to say I didn't love it, because we went to vacation Bible school. We mm-hmm. went to church on Sundays. It was nice, but, like, to think of how clustered that was, like, and you're like, I couldn't wake up. Like, you were probably so tired from everything else, and, like, <sighs> there's so many things about staying at home, mm-hmm. like, where we live now, it's basically me and my kids in four walls. And I was really miserable when the quarantine happened, whatever. Oh, and like lost a part of myself. It has taken the last two years seeing a therapist and seeing like a health coach who have reminded me 
through Christ, my worth is still there and I mm -hmm. can't lose it in my kids, but my kids need me. But there's so much of the part of me that they need that I can't give myself to them unless I take care of myself first. Right. And that can look a lot of different ways. Sure. Um, you know, so, but I think with my marriage and our foundation and our four walls that, you know, um, being home with them has been a struggle, but it's also made me be able to develop into who I am because, you know, I still work from home. I'm still doing something, but I'm still relating to people through Christ because it's a Christian right. um, mental health service I work for. Yeah, and the so, issue isn't, and I hope nobody takes it this way, I'm not against women working. Right. My issue is, is that essentially from a Proverbs 31 standpoint and from a biblical standpoint mm -hmm. is, is that a woman's responsibility is to be the helper, right? So you have to be available to help your husband. Mm -hmm. right? Well, in our, we did the marriage group with Eric and Jennifer, mm -hmm. and it said, we talked about being the servant mm -hmm. and submitting to your husband. And a lot of women are intimidated by right. that word. But when Eric and I talked about it, we were like, okay, so how do we look at this? But it's not necessarily submitting, like, you know, bowing down. It's more so like, hey, we're in this together. How can we work through this right, together? Um, you know, I make sure the kids are up in the morning. I make sure they're fed and I take care of their homeschool curriculum. So I do the work during the day. When Eric comes home, he, if I haven't made dinner yet, he picks up everything and starts cooking. I don't believe I hate cooking. Let's just put that out there. I hate it. Um, but, and I, he's much better than me. Um, it's like, if I don't have it like written down and prepped, it's much harder for me to focus on that because homeschooling can look one way or the other. And then, um, I'm also working or I'm talking to people for my business, mm -hmm. but I have to take them to the sitter now for that because I've done, the service there to the ages where I know that they're okay. If something happens, they can let me know. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't feel bad about taking them to the sitter because mm -hmm. I've done my time with them where I've known their development is good. I know them, their dad reading to them has taught them vocabulary. So if something went wrong, I would know because mm -hmm. with them being a baby, um, I think it's a lot harder, but now I don't feel as guilty because um, say they go to our babysitter on Tuesdays. I know like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they're mine again. Cause when I drop them off, I hate doing it, but then I can give myself time. Like we're sitting here right now. Like mm -hmm. there'd be no way. Right. Um, I know that I've done good on those days, even the days I feel guilty. Um, but long story short, they're provided for, or I have loving family that will watch them if I need to, but mm -hmm. I, always it's always me and I'm okay with that because I I want to make sure that my kids are safe and they're taken care of I know that not everyone has that opportunity or that blessing mm -hmm. because Eric works and he does he provides he puts the work in and he comes home but he is still a servant when he comes home right yeah, when but, he walks in that door yeah but again I mean I, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse but when you say like not everybody has that opportunity Again, we get it for divorced families. Like we're, we're talking about a traditional family. Because again, you're right. In a divorced family, when a when a mom's trying to be both mom and dad, mm -hmm. to be able to try to get that done, first of all, it's ridiculous and crazy. Yeah. And I pray every day for and those I, circumstances. I don't know how they do it because I wouldn't be able to do it without my husband. Right, Single moms are 
Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. They right. are so powerful. But with this, but that right there is like, but you're blessed. You're saying I'm blessed and For I sure. have the opportunity. But again, isn't it more about responsibility than it is blessing? Shouldn't every wife have the opportunity to raise her children? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you're saying like it's a blessing and it's a, I mean Because I know that some moms can't. They still have to be full-time working and because, provide for their homes. Because because there's not a man. No, I'm saying no. forget them. No. I'm saying Her. I'm saying if there's a two if there's two parents in the home, why is it that a mom has to work? I don't know. That's based upon their individual marriage. I don't have the answer for you. No, no, no. I'm not. I guess I'm not I, looking for this. Like, I think some of it is, you know, the income and having a second income is more maybe like a cushion. Maybe the moms are like me and it's hard for them to stop working. Honestly, when I was working even part time, I would be more organized and a better mom than I am right now. And that can shock you. You can open your mouth. Uh, drop your. You jaw. can open yeah. your mouth. <laughs> you can drop your jaw, whatever. You can go ahead. You, know, you can oh go ahead. Gosh. She looked at me. He's like, you can open your mouth now. It's no, shocking. like you can drop that jaw. Like I was more organized than I am right now. Like my schedule book is my brain. Like I was like, yeah, I don't have to do the podcast till Tuesday. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Memorial Day. That's tomorrow. Yeah, but he's uh, again. Maybe I'm missing the point. I don't, it's not about organized. It's not. About, I know. My question is down deep, I and this is, I think, a... the part that I think is controversial. Mm -hmm. If a woman chooses to have somebody else raise her kids, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, is she choosing her identity and her work and money over the responsibility that God's yes. given? I mean, yes. <laughs> Jenny. Absolutely. I, and again, this isn't to point fingers. I'm just asking the question. When you're well, saying. Well, then you need to ask real moms. I you am asking ask, one. I would say for me personally, and I can't answer for everyone else because <laughs> I'm not that I'm not a political person. Mm -hmm. I'm not a person. But this isn't person. political, right? No, it's not. I'm just saying, like, I can't answer that for everyone. I do believe, yes, I know what's in the Bible. Okay. The, um, hold on that. Nick. Are you ready? So just so I don't get all the hate mail from the women. Okay. So if men choose to work hours beyond the expectation and not be home and present for their wife and their children, is the husband choosing money and identity over their wife and children? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And see, that's easy to answer. Right. There's not one woman that won't look at a man and chastise the crap out of him for working too much, exactly. not being home and not being present. But nobody wants to say anything to the women who are going out and working. Right. It's the same thing. Oh, well, again, it's not in the eyes of culture. But culture sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. In society's opinion, sucks. Right. Yeah. And, and again, mental health does. sucks. And, and again, to be honest with you, with quote unquote, today's world, you know, because we're just going to put that out there. I think mental health in women and women being empowered is a big thing. Oh, yeah. And I was raised. <laughs> and I was raised. Does that mean she's getting ready to drop the bomb? <laughs> she's like, you can, no, you can open your mouth now. <laughs> like, like, my dad um, worked and my stepmom stayed home. And my mom worked and provided for us because 
it was what she did, you mm -hmm. know, like that's how we were. And she just was like, Hey, I want you to be prepared. Like if something were to happen to your husband, be prepared to have something to fall back on. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. No, um, not at all. And that's what she had to do. And you're asking me a big question, no, but he's asking you the difference of like somebody being in a relationship, like married. Right. Listen, and I, here's, here's what I want to make sure before we get all the hate mail. <laughs> Listen, every individual, every individual family structure is different and how they right. I'm going back, strip it all away. Mm -hmm. Does God from the, from the perspective of what he asked of us, right. And the things that he would call us to do mm -hmm. when, when Nick stands in front of Jesus, right. Nick will be accountable <laughs> first for his wife, mm -hmm. his own life. And then his wife, that's his responsibility. When he stands in front of Jesus, he has to answer the question. Not what, to put you on the spot here, Nick. No, Nick's, <laughs> Nick's heard me say it a thousand times. I've heard this. Right. Yeah, Nick's heard this a thousand times. But when he stands there, right. he has to answer the question, what did he do as the role that he was given, as the leader of his home, as the one to provide opportunities to give his wife? Like, he has to answer for those things. And so Nick can give every excuse in the world why he doesn't, mm -hmm. but it doesn't change that he's got to be held accountable for it. Right. And all I'm trying to do is just strip it down and say, right or wrong, the point just is, I think we need to say it for what it is. So if Nick is doing that, and mm -hmm. not saying Nick is, for right. anybody that's listening, just looking at Nick right now. <laughs> right. But if that's happening, strip down, then Nick just has to admit what he's choosing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nick is choosing work and money over his wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Like when you put it down like that, yeah. I'm just saying, and it, because Nick can change his lifestyle, right? Absolutely. Not everybody has to have. I mean, look at the look at most families today. Mm -hmm. I would say most families can cut some things. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. most families. Yeah. Or I just so when you put it in that perspective, it makes it sound better. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right. I'm not trying. And I to... get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, just and like I'm not a woman. saying the world is right because ever since I've started going to the church, you say the world is broken, not meant to be fixed. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for that's sure. never applied to me more um, or like made sense to me more. Mm -hmm. I can't answer for the world. Right. In my life, I'm serving my kids first. Mm -hmm. They come first in my life. And I want to raise them with that foundation. And I want them to be good husbands to their wives. Right. Well, and that's what, and, yeah. So my way. point would just be is, is that I've always said this and I even say this about myself until you're honest with yourself through the lens of scripture you're never going to make any changes. And so part of our problem today is nobody wants to have this honest conversation. Mm -hmm. Like nobody wants to sit across the table and say, somebody else is raising your children and you wonder what's wrong. You see them for two hours a day and you wonder why they don't love Jesus or you wonder why they don't listen or you wonder why they're mm -hmm. not instilled with the value system you want because they're getting somebody else's value. I'll go back to homeschooling. Yeah. Like we tried to homeschool kid, our kids. So mm -hmm. when our kids got into uh, Isaac was in elementary and when Brady was going into middle school, one, because Brady was an absolute crazy person. <laughs> and so we were Aww. worried about him going there. And then the other part was, was I, ministry is somewhat of a second shift job. Mm -hmm. So part of the problem was oh, I would say it's being, a 24 being job. gone at night, you know, to be with people. And my kids would get home from school and I would never see them. Yeah. So we had a choice. Mm -hmm. These are big choices. I mean, you just don't pull your kids out of school and it's not a big choice. Yeah. Like, we had to sit down and make a decision. And the decision was we're going to pull them out. And the reason we're going to pull them out, not necessarily even so much that school was terrible, 
But we felt like it was important for them to know their father and be with their mm -hmm. father and do the types of things. So we made hard decisions to be able to do it. But we had to be honest yeah. and just flat out say, like, this is the reality of our life today. And my, I'm not able to be present in my kid's life. So I either have to give up doing ministry or we have to pull our kids out of school. Mm -hmm. Because, again, <laughs> whether they're in school, not in school, because you can hear all of the critics about homeschoolers. Yeah. You know, you hear everybody that That's there's everything. tons of critics. I think it's easier to start homeschooling and then maybe go into the public school system. I went to public school. I have nothing against. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it. You know, I went to Huntington North, but I wanted to go back to Fort Wayne because that's where I was raised. And there was a lot more controversy in Fort Wayne. And that's what I was used to. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad swears up and down. I said, Huntington North, they come to school in their Wrangler jeans and on their tractors. <laughs> and I don't want this for my life. But I don't remember that. <laughs> no offense, Mike. Wow. <laughs> Judas. <laughs> Yeah, are you one of the Homestead that. kids that drive up? And I, that was the whole no, deal when Homestead I, played Huntington no, North. Yeah, they went, came in in the Escalades, and we drove in the hey, trackers. I Can went we to just Elmhurst. talk about a really funny story about that I went really to Elmhurst. Quick? Yeah. No, it's really great. Okay, okay so. here we go. <laughs> All right. Because so, you're from Fort Wayne? No, but I was the cheerleader for Huntington North. And one day, it was like a Friday night, or Friday day. Okay, well, actually, it's kind of deep, but not really. So my grandma had just Ooh. passed away that day. and um, This is a funny story? Well, it's <laughs> Supposed to be, yeah. Okay, no, okay got I it. Keep talking, yeah, my like, grandma whatever. died. But, okay, so, <laughs> That's funny. No, my grandma passed away, and okay. then I went to school that day, and I shouldn't have. Like, that was dumb. Well, some and, people deal with things differently, right. so it made it easier. Right, but then somebody asked me if I was okay, and if any, like, somebody close to me, and if some of that happens, I'll just, like, lose it, and I did, and then I left, and one of my friends left with me, and since it was a school day, or, I mean, a game day, we were wearing our uniforms, and... Um, we went to pick up my cousin cause she went to school too. And we were like, well, why don't we just go to Huntington North and walk into their school? Cause it was kind of like, I think towards the end of the day. And when we got up there, it was going to be like right before their bell went off. So we did that. We drove up there in our uniforms, walked in right when the bell went off. So, cause that was the game day when we were competing against each other. And then and what school did you go to? Huntington North. So, so why did you walk into where you were taking to the Homestead? day off from? You Homestead. walked into you Homestead. You said Huntington North. Did I? My bad. Yes. Okay, so I left. So she went in uniform to Homestead. To from Homestead. So I left Huntington North and went to Homestead. Okay. And my uniform. And then the bell went off. And so all, like, the players, like, gathered around us. And we were, like, arguing back and forth. And we Because yes. I'm, like, I'm very, like. I'm not a like a person like the physical fighter, but well, I am. she hit me before the podcast. That's very by true. But did it yeah. hurt? No, it exactly. didn't hurt. Mike but actually more cried. Verbally. <laughs> so we were like cat, not cat talking, but we were like arguing back and forth, and then we ended up getting in trouble. And yeah, but it was wow. just so crazy. Yeah. Like it was like because it, it wasn't like it's not a big deal now, but like in the moment, like oh my gosh, like you're coming in here and telling us that we're gonna lose and like yeah. to the players, but yeah, that's cool. I well, know. Let's, let's, Where were we going with me going to Elmhurst? I don't know. But. No, but let's let's talk about this because I think this goes back to like what we talked about on Sunday. So the idea of you know part of the reason that I bring this up is because I think it goes well with what we talked about. So that we're in Revelation mm -hmm. again. Uh, so if you guys are listening that are new, we're going through the series, you know, going through the book. 15th week this week will be the 15th. 15th, 16th. Oh, wow. I didn't even know We've that. been going on a long time. I pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But either way, we've been going along. So we looked at the whole idea of spiritual warfare this week, and we've talked about the idea of the demonic having effect on the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Or the demonic having an 
effect on the physical realm. Yeah. Like they can actually do things that affect the physical realm and that we need right. to know the enemy. We need to be on guard because these things happen all the time. Mm -hmm. And I talk to you guys about, you know, on Sunday, some of my own experiences, we right. see it in scripture, you know, mm -hmm. you see it happening inside of scripture. And I know I'm not the only person that experiences spiritual warfare, that there's an enemy out there doing it all the time. So the question mm -hmm. back to whether it's our children, husband, wife, everything, our family unit. Mm -hmm. So here's what, here's what I think we know. And I maybe. Maybe we don't. So we'll just see if this is true. Okay. I mean, wouldn't you think that the number one goal of Satan would be to... To destroy your husband and wife and yeah, then the go family. for your kids. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Destroy the family. 100%. Keep the family divided. And when the family's divided, then he can divide and conquer. Yeah. Right? Uh -huh. Like when things are divided mm -hmm. like that. So back to why would we make decisions that, mm -hmm. we that we're talking about making? Homeschooling jobs, staying at home, being a wife. I mean, you were even oh, working and being a wife. I was talking about being a public school versus homeschool. That's where we were. Yeah, okay. and that, yeah. but my point is just making hard decisions. So right. again, everybody that knows me, my kids were homeschooled and my kids went to a public school. I mean, we've had, like, th this isn't so do this or don't do this, do this or don't. The, the big question is, is to be the man of God mm -hmm. that he's called husbands to be, to be the woman of God that he's called women to be as parents together, sometimes it's going to take some really hard decisions, of right? Course, some very yes. difficult decisions. Mm -hmm. And so what motivates us to make some hard choices? Because when we're talking about, I'm guessing, like I'm just guessing is that most what? I'm just laughing. No, I would say, well, maybe you, <laughs> you know, that I'll pop off. <laughs> no, do you know, do you think that uh -huh. back to Hannah said this earlier, would you say most people who make decisions outside of the realm of what God's made them to be? So mm -hmm. if the design is sacrifice, so if a woman okay. makes a decision, cause I'm not saying she can't work, but if she makes a decision to work okay. and sacrifices the design, mm -hmm. being a helper to her husband and raising her children, okay, right? like the things that God designed. Her well, right. let me just sign note this real quick before you ask her a question. Okay. I didn't want someone raising my kids. Mm -hmm. That's why I didn't put them in a full-time daycare. Right. I right. was okay with doing it like once mm -hmm. a week when my first right. was born. Obviously, the Rona made a difference in me with my youngest, youngest, mm -hmm. because we were in quarantine. Mm -hmm. So I was, my husband was still able to go to work because most of their stuff was outside, right. you know. Um, but no, I did not want someone else raising my kids. Yeah. Right. Especially right. now. Um, you know, they go to someone who's very special from our church and right. she aligns with like what we care about. So that's important because yes. I tell him to be a kind human and love people like Jesus when he right. goes, like, don't be pushing other right. kids, you yeah. know, whatever. Right. Because if he would see, like, say that we had a sitter and I don't know, they did whatever. Like I want him, he's learning, he's watching everyone now. They're both watching oh, yeah. everyone's movements. So I struggle a lot with my walk in Christ because, you know, I am like, yeah, let's change. And then I don't do anything about it. And that's what I've struggled with most in my life. But I try to be it's really hard to be at home with him all day and <laughs> be a Christian, but not turn into a mom gangster because like sometimes <laughs> you need to handle it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? <laughs> and I right. say that to be funny, but like I try to be like Christ for them. But it's hard because like we are together all the time right but the thing is is like i'm like okay 
I say, like, I hear Mike's message. I want to make a change, but how am I actually going to do that? Like, how am I going to actually physically see that in my life? Because I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Get a new Bible study. We don't stick with it. It's because the busyness of life. Right. Um, but no, to answer your question, I did not want someone else raising them in the most important years of their life and them developing opinions or bad habits, whatever it may be. And that's why I don't feel so bad leaving them with who I do now because I know she loves kids and she's been doing it for a long time and um so I feel like they're at the age now where they can see right from wrong right. and I wanted to be with them and mm -hmm. knowing homeschool like I I knew what was going in and out because some things with public schools now that they're teaching I don't you know totally um understand or I think I want them to be more prepared for life I want them to be able to fix change a tire to write a check i want them to right. have the traditional skills that we weren't taught in high school that they're learning from my husband that he learned from his dad or whatever he did and i want them to late learn those traits you know so like that's why we chose like homeschooling and for me to stay home because there's a point i think in their life where like you said they get to know other people and they are like they want to go to the babysitter because they love her. Right. And that's mm -hmm. what I want. But I don't want them to love her more than me because right. I'm their mom. And I feel like if a babysitter, I'm thankful for babysitters or daycares who can raise children and they do love them because obviously you want what's best for your kids. But I want my kids to know who me and their dad are. And that's, I feel like, where we're at. Yeah, well, being home with them. Yeah, and I think that's the where I was trying to get at is So forget like whether you work, don't work. Get, I, my bigger thing is, is that... I'll bet if you sit down with the majority of parents today mm -hmm. and say, okay, Jesus came, is coming back, right? So he comes back. Both of you are standing in front of him as parents. Uh -huh. You know, most parents, I think, would say, oh, my gosh, we've been running the rat race so hard. We've had very little opportunity to have intentional time with our kids or right. intentional time with our marriage. You know, I mean. And it's really sad to think about that. But, that, mm -hmm. but the point is. But the majority of them aren't going to change. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. And and so we look at it. It becomes a, a habit. Right. And if you look at it from a spiritual warfare standpoint, part of the thing we need to remember about spiritual warfare is it's not just coming mm -hmm. and clubbing you over your head. No. It, it's it's Busyness. using what he knows about you yep. to help get inside of you to make decisions about things that won't matter in the end. Yeah. Right. Right. And so that's oh, what's yeah. happening. Because Jesus isn't going to care about who was the number one player in whatever sport they played. Mm -hmm. And I feel like families, I feel like, you know, I, I have friends who the mom's always running them to sports and then dad comes home and then he runs to the sports, but then they lose each other in that time frame or like, you know, they have piano lessons or dance or whatever it may be. And they take so much time and they're gone with their kids, but then mm -hmm. they lose each other as well. Yeah. And, um, that's why like, we're like, you know, we'll let him play sports and, or let them play sports and do what they want. Cause we want to support them, but we also want to collect at the end of the day at the table together and have dinner together and pray together right. before, because, you know, it's we sit down together for dinner at night. And that's one thing I really enjoy because my kids have conversations with us. Mm -hmm. And I think if we were so busy, run, run, running, like if I have a full schedule during the week, 
it honestly stresses me out because like I want to be with my kids and my husband mm -hmm. or I want to be with like my family family right. or my friends but you know I think that when we get so busy with whatever our life is mm -hmm. I've heard the saying we I don't know if I've heard you say it maybe possibly but we're more about being human doings than beings we mm -hmm. don't we can't be like we yeah. have to be if we're not busy we're not happy mm -hmm. and like you're saying if we're standing in account of Jesus and but we just haven't had time to make time for you. Mm -hmm. Like that would be hard, but that's what society in the world today, we're always so busy. Mm -hmm. So that's where we lose each other. Like when we, we weren't like full time in here yet, but we had a different pastor, Marius, obviously. Um, and it was, he is a gift. He's so sweet. We had, okay. So we got engaged and then married two weeks later. Oh wow! So that's another story. <laughs> but, we're not, but we were together. Oh, wow. We were together five years before we got married. But uh -oh. long story short, he said because we had to go through the marriage counseling before he would, you know, mm -hmm. and make sure like, okay, well, these two are good, like, you know, like you do. Um, but he said at least talk to each other at ten minutes, even if it's ten minutes about your day at the end of the night, and mm. pray together every night. Which we, you know, we don't do, but we do communicate a lot. Communication yeah. is big. Mm -hmm. If you aren't making that time and you're just running the kids, if you're going to your next meeting, like where is the time for each other? Because your husband and wife, and that is the union and the vows that you promised each other. And if you're getting so lost in your kids and like your job, like that's where I feel like we were just talking about this the other day because like, if you're so busy doing so many other times, like, how do you have time for each other? Like you married each other for a reason, mm -hmm. but if you're married to the sports that you're going to or married to the job that you have, I feel like, you know, it does, it takes away from that time together. Mm -hmm. And well, and again, talking about that, I mean, here's the craziest thing, just what you said right there that we have to tell uh, people who love each other just take 10 minutes mm -hmm. to talk to each other shows that we have an epidemic problem, right? Because mm -hmm. Nick and I's role, your role, Jenny, your role someday will be like, you have to know your husband well enough to know what God's doing in him, help him become the man who God's yes. created him to be. And if you're only having 10 minute conversations yeah. with him, I'm not saying you, right. but right. I'm saying, and I'm not saying what the pastor said was wrong. Right. My right. point is, is from an epidemic standpoint, yeah. like that, but that opens the door for that communication. No, like, know, how but, are you really? But the you point know? is, is that I, again, and I'm not saying what you're saying. Wrong. Right. My point is a lot of times it's like this, Jenny, tell me about your day. Mm -hmm. oh, well, I had this like meeting. I did this meeting. Yeah. I yeah. No, I mean, Tell me about your life, Jenny. No, like, I, I want know what's full going communication. On. I want the nitty gritty. Right. Well, but, it's sad but, that you would even have to do that because, I mean, if you don't know what's going on in your partner's life and your kids, and how are you going to pray for them? And that's where the devil gets in. And that's where things like if they you get spend married. so much time not knowing each other, you'll have to relearn and redate each other. And that's OK. But how do we get how did we get there? You yeah, know but, what I mean? But I want to be able to be to the point like. No, I think inside of our marriage relationship, like you should be best friends. I want right. to tell Absolutely. you about. Right. I want to tell right. you about my heart. I want to tell you like, about my dreams. I want to tell you about what God's saying. It may be silly or whatever, but when I hear him pull in and the kids run out, it makes me so mm -hmm. excited that he's That's home. How it should be yeah. like. But my it's point not, is, Hannah, don't you think this is true, though? Like, not you in general. Yes. So now we're speaking in bigger terms. Right. Is that for the majority of people, number one, we barely find time to sit around a table. 
So yes. when, when we agree that today's yes. culture, yeah. we barely go, 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 go. Yes. Right, we barely find time to sit around the table yeah. to even start a conversation. Right. So to even find out mm-hmm. what's going on in your spouse, let alone dating your kids. Like I've always said this, like we used to date our kids all the time, mm-hmm. all throughout all high school. Mm-hmm. You know, we so take our kids, you know, to the best of our ability, to as much right. as we did, because once we got eight of them, <laughs> you know, you yes. I mean, it was hard to do, but you, we tried to do it, right? But the okay, idea there's only was, seven days in a week. We're going to yeah. have to you next Monday. But, but again, you got to, you know, you got to date them. And the reason you're going to date them is because you got to know them. You got to know what God's saying, what's going on inside of them. Mm-hmm. We're barely dating our wives. The yeah. ones we're having sex with, for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, what in the freaking world is going on? The one that's your lover. Yeah. The one that, that you, you vowed to love. But but I'm like, this is my lover. Mm-hmm. I mean, the person that I am I, deeply uh, passionate in love with. And I, well, I, we live in a society of one night stands. So <laughs> we that's do. pretty I easy. Know. And that is why I feel like it is so hard to date because everyone's so burnt out from it mm-hmm. that they don't, they're not dating to marry anymore. They're yeah. dating to like, I don't know if I like you. You know what I mean? Whereas I like in high school, I'm like, Am I gonna marry him or not? Because if not, like this thing isn't really worth it. And then right, I found Eric, you, and we're like, I'm like, oh. But okay. once you are married, <laughs> right, right, it's the idea is like, I mean, you're my lover. Like you're the person he I love. No you're the person that I'm intimate with. You're my best friend. You're the one I want to talk about. I just want to say, side note, sorry to my friends if you say don't tell. Like he knows too. <laughs> He's <laughs> but my you best see, friend. But so. you know what I mean. So who wouldn't want to be with them? Right. Like I just don't even get that. Like well, we just couldn't figure out how to I, date. Question, how can you not figure out how to date? I, I guess my question would be, where is the miscommunication? Because you. We're always new versions of ourselves, And I'm learning that with my kids. I've actually been grieving their baby mm-hmm. lives because mm-hmm. I'm like going, getting ready for a garage sale this weekend. And I don't need their clothes. Like my sister's like, just get rid of them. And I'm like sitting there bawling. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh, you know, but long story short, I'm always, I think about it as like my marriage, like my kids, I'm always learning a new version of them. And you mm-hmm. would know, mm-hmm. and especially taking on another family on your own and loving them. Like that would take a lot. Excuse me. I mean, cause like I just have two and I'm like, wow, you guys are so different, but you're so much alike. But at the same time, when we get married and have kids, we lose ourselves in our kids. Cause you know, they are, they're very important to us. But at the same time, we're losing ourselves because we don't take that time to date. Um, or we don't take that time to learn the new versions of ourselves we're becoming as well. And I think I'm a communicator. Sorry, honey, but you're not. Um, <laughs> and we know Sorry, this. honey. We, he <laughs> knows it this, but I'm like, okay, if we're getting married, we're going to communicate. Like, we go and sit down and we go and talk about this mm-hmm. because I can't let things burn. I just can't. That's a great way to have that resentment. Like I need to know what's going on in your mind. We need to fix it now instead of just letting it sit and sit and Mm -hmm. sit. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like if we don't take the time to get to know each other, how are we going to know? Like I sit here and think, you know, these days, my kids are going to be out of the house. Can I throw something out there? Yes. So let's talk about losing yourself. Cause we're at the end already. We're we're an hour into it. Yeah. Stay on track here. Not that we're not on track, but talk about losing yourself, like into your children or even into your husband. So part of the thing that we preach all the time or the things we need to talk about is, is that if you're not losing yourself in Jesus, you won't truly be able to give yourself to your husband or your children. Right. Because this is a problem, even in a, good way are you talking about like idolizing no i'm just saying like as as 
you didn't, you said lose yourself. I don't think this is what you meant, but a lot of time we lose ourselves, or our identity is found in our children yes. or our identity is found in our husband. Right. I'm saying you have to lose yourself in Jesus. Your identity is found in him mm-hmm. and you can't ever lose yourself in your kids and or in your husband. Because again, if your identity isn't over here mm-hmm. in Jesus where you've lost yourself, what you give to a flawed human being as a husband or what you give to and what you expect back right. from flawed kids and a flawed husband. Like, this is a lot of marriage problems. Mm-hmm. Like, you want something out of your husband, he'll never yeah. give it to you. You want something out of your kids that they're never going to give back to you. And it's part of the reason is, is we forgot to lose ourselves in the only place we can find true identity yeah. so that when our kids don't give us what we need. Mm-hmm. So to, to backpedal on that a little bit, when I say you lose your identity in mental health, I believe that if I, I have said so many times, like to Jennifer, because she and Janelle Smelser, mm-hmm. they are two foundational people of this church that I love and look up to because they've always been there mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when my babies were born, Janelle was like, I want to make stuff. And Jennifer's like, hey, I remember his name and I have it on this little <laughs> sweet animal blanket for Aww. you. And it just meant a lot. And that's that's why. That's my why here. Yes. Yeah. That's my community here. You always right. talk about community. Yep. We did the marriage group with Jennifer and Eric. I cleaned with Janelle as a business. Like, they are my people, mm-hmm. and they have shown me the love of the church. Right. If you want a definition, mm-hmm. that's who comes to my mind first. Right. Kim, Rayanne, like, those are right. some names that I have really appreciated. And they reminded me, like, you don't have to be perfect. You just fall at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. Like, right. And I have told them or anyone I've talked to, how can moms who go through postpartum or whatever not know the love of Jesus and know that we don't have to, I might cry. We may, we don't have to be perfect because Jesus does love us. And he does, we were chosen to be those children's mother. Mm -hmm. We were chosen to be our husband's wife. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how did God like entrust me with these children? Mm -hmm. Like I'm blessed. Some days I don't always feel that way, but if I can't fall at the feet of Jesus, and find my identity in him, like you're saying. And I do, I forget that a lot. Because mm-hmm. most of the time, my mind just reverts to guilt and the devil, I'm sure. Yeah. And to resentment of who I was before or what my identity was as a mom before. But I think what I'm saying and what you're hearing might not be exactly, but like it's more so I can't get it out. It's like word vomit. But it's like if I don't have my identity in Jesus and I didn't know his love for me, I. I would lose it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where mom's mental health and the suicidal mm-hmm. stuff comes in. Yeah. Because they feel alone. Mm-hmm. They don't have support. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that in general, but this is where it could be easy to lose yourself and not confide in Jesus yeah, because sure. you don't feel worthy. <clears throat> yeah. You haven't taken a shower in 10 days. You don't even know if you brushed your teeth because your kids are taken care of. Like, if you don't lose yourself at the feet of Jesus, he won't be able to remind you that you are loved and you are worthy of the love and you are being run rampant by your kids all day. And then at the end of the day, you just fall apart. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. And, I, and again, I don't want to say necessarily that you're saying it as much as I'm saying part of the epidemic problem in the world is just, I mean, we could just boil it down to this. Satan has convinced us mm-hmm. yes. of a scarcity mindset. Yes. You'll never have enough time and you never have enough money. Mm-hmm. So, Part of his spiritual warfare in our lives today is to make you believe you will never have enough time and you never have enough money. Or you will never be worthy of right. his Right, so we're, we are running at paces that we were never made to run. 
-hmm. You were never made to run at the pace as we are. Never made to be as busy as what we think that we need to be. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, we're doing it. It's a need. It's like a necessity. It's like a coach purse, but literally in actions of our life. Yeah, I mean, and it was the perfect example. As soon as COVID hit, people were lost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, they didn't know what to do if they didn't have something to do. But really, why couldn't that have given you time to get... I mean, and I say this to myself, too. Why couldn't that given us more time to find out who we are and have that time with our family? I took it as something good because, you know, people had to slow down. They had to be at home. They had to work from home. Mm -hmm. How couldn't that have? I mean, I'm sure it was rough for people, but like it was nice to have my husband home with us at the beginning of it. Right. But yeah, so that's what I so this is what what's end it with this. And then do we have time for questions, Nick? Yeah, so let's let's talk about this and remember this because I think again a lot of your insight as a young mother mm-hmm. is great inside of this. And I think what we can learn is, is that here's what we know. We know that from a spiritual warfare standpoint, he's gonna do anything to attack the family structure. Oh, yes. I mean, that's where he's at. So whether it's through your marriage or whether it's through your children, he's gonna mm-hmm. do whatever he can to tear apart the family structure because we know the design can't be like there are single moms doing a great job and there are single dads doing a great job, but it is not the design. It's not what God made it to be, mm-hmm. you know? And so we know that's not the way that it's supposed to be, but Satan knows if he can divide it, he will. then those children will never fully understand what it was like of the design that God had for mom and dad to be together and, be, yeah. and not share back and forth in those ways. Mm-hmm. And so be aware, I guess the, the point for all of us is, is to remember that if Satan's Number one goal is to tear apart the family. Yeah. And that's the spiritual warfare that's coming. What are you doing to protect it? What are you mm-hmm. doing to communicating, guard it? talking, yeah, finding out what's going on, what are your needs? Not necessarily personal needs, but um, and we're walking in this every day. Our marriage is not perfect, our life is not perfect. Um we'll join it's the just, club. Nobody <laughs> it's just, I mean, I'm just saying, like a lot of people look at us and are like, Well, you know, you guys have a really great relationship, and it's like, yeah, you know, but we still have our struggles. But mm-hmm. communicate, talk to each other. If you don't know who each other are now and you're looking for hope, I would say redate each other, talk to each other, pray together, because that's your most vulnerable thing. And then you'll know more, like, you know, because that's my takeaway. Right. If you don't know each other, take it as an opportunity to be like, look, I'm going to, and this sounds so funny. Don't make fun of me, but (laughs) drive your two separate cars if you have them or take an Uber, dress up and go meet them somewhere as your first date all over again. Why? Spice that time. Spice it up. Either that that or after the kids go to bed, dress up. Meet each other downstairs, have a nice dinner together. Like it, I mean, put no, the I'm, kids to bed and, and I'm, pull out the candles. <laughs> no, I'm or the cos- or the costumes. I'm out. <laughs> that is not what I mean. Yeah, put the kids to bed. Get the costumes out, oh baby. No. Spice it up. You are t- you are turning that the wrong way. No, I'm I saying, know, like, Hannah. I'm just giving you a hard time. Get out of the leggings time. and the t-shirt because I'm guilty. Out, I'm like, just take, giving you a hard time. You know, no, like <laughs> or the lingerie. Like either way, right? Come on, Nick, support me over there a little bit. No, Thank right. you. No, Thank no, you. No, we're done. <laughs> the end of the first no, date. No, honestly, honestly, like just redate each other. Yeah. Because if you don't know each other, that's perfect time to get to know them again. You yeah. know. 
All jokes aside. <laughs> you can't even yeah. look at me with a straight face now. Oh, all right, Nick, let's do questions and then we'll end up with kind of final comments. Okay. We can give We've got, we'll, we'll do one question. Okay. Um, and then this is from Mike. It's from Alex Bope. She said, I'm very interested in learning more about spiritual warfare. Where do you recommend starting? She says, I've done some plans on my Bible app, but I'm looking for more recommendations. Yeah, so for both of you, before I answer it, have you ever experienced spiritual warfare from a standpoint of... Oh, my gosh, yes. Okay, well, tell me one thing. Tell one me thing? Something. Tell me something. I mean, addiction in itself is spiritual warfare. Okay. I mean, every time I relapsed, like, there was something that was coming in before, like, something good was going to happen. Okay. Like... Like what? No, I mean, you're saying, like, from a standpoint of... How do you feel like it worked for you from a spiritual warfare standpoint? Do you think that it's Satan got into your mind? Oh, do you yeah. think Satan used other people? Do you both. think both? Mm -hmm. Mind, especially because, I mean, he knows us exactly like what would make us tick or what, you know, what would like throw us off. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's my mind because everything starts my mind. I'm an overthinker. And especially with people too, I mean, just bringing somebody in that had a negative thing for like, that I wouldn't do otherwise that I did with that person. Okay, so we'll stay on that and it'll be our final comments and then I'll answer the question. Okay. So if it's for, if you know it, like you know spiritual warfare is coming and you know that Satan gets it, what is your protection? What mm -hmm. do you do? Uh, what would you say to a viewer? Uh -huh. Because my point just is, is that part of the, the reason that I wanted to say the stories that I said Sunday is, right. is like, this isn't just like this is it's destroying. It's not make believe. You want people like, to know destroying. that they're real world. Yeah, like this situation like, trying to destroy. Yes. You. So what are you going to do, or what would you tell our listeners to do to do the best you can to protect? Well, I think if we are Christians and are truly Christians, we should always be ready and prepared for it. Okay. Because spiritual warfare always happens to people who believe. Okay. And especially the ones doing good for Christ. Like I, you notice it more, and just being prepared is being aware of the things that could happen, like... So being prepared. Being prepared, okay. yeah. Um, just really protecting yourself, being in the Word, doing devotions. Um, being in community. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I hey, have the same a way. side yeah. note. Um, well, mine is my mental health because, mm -hmm. like, I can be doing really well and then I just lose myself. Mm -hmm. um, I've had suicidal thoughts before. I've never actually physically... Mm -hmm. followed them out or tried um but i mine is like my anxiety and depression and it can get real dark like mm -hmm. it got really dark um with postpartum and that's why i'm so passionate about mm -hmm. helping other moms with it um but mine is like turning on lauren daigle or worship music and mm -hmm. just worshiping out of it because i i've never i can't say i've ever read the bible fully front to back um and i'm working on that in my life and being able to obtain word more but mine is more like through music and mm -hmm. like um worshiping because i really have a hard time focusing on reading and obviously it's the bible like we should be interested in that but i do well with studies because i can look more into it you know so it's more like I turn on my worship music or whatever, or I do, I pray, mm -hmm. but it's not my first thought. And I think, and I definitely know that it's Satan on my shoulder. Like, Oh no, like you're not worth it. Like these kids have taken you over, whatever, you know, it could be anything. It could be that, or no, you're not worth it. Like your life isn't worth it. Like you're just going to go to hell. There's no point in that is my biggest thing. 
why would I work so hard to get to heaven if Jesus already knows that I'm going to hell? That's mm-hmm. always been one of the questions in my life, mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I've even talked to Jennifer about it, and she's like, oh, and, like, I still never feel like I'm worthy of going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And another thing, when I was in, like, middle school or high school, I went to um, CDYC, Calvin College in Michigan, and we had this – when you have all these believers, like mm-hmm. what you said – And it's like a Christian concert. And then we would like collect at the end of the night. That's where demons are most, I believe, or like Satan is most present because he's looking for the non-believers who are looking to accept Christ, Mm -hmm. right? Because that happened a lot there. But we had an experience where um, someone we were there, like they had an actual physical attack. Like Mm -hmm. we couldn't talk to our youth pastor um, back then because something had happened and I won't go into too much detail, um, but like his voice got real deep and it was not him. And so let's just say he ended accepting Christ and was like, okay, this is real. Like he knew the love for Christ was there and then mm-hmm. something happened and Satan attacked our church or our youth group. And mm-hmm. it was a pretty, I got chills thinking about it, but um, <laughs> it was a pretty um, pivotal time in all of our lives. And so, I mean, like, I would say mine mostly is like mental health because like it's it's the I don't want to say it's the voices in my head because I don't actually physically hear voices, but it's the thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mental health awareness is huge. And that's why I'm passionate about that. I'm passionate, not even just moms, but other people. I love people and I love community. And I have always been like, even if it's through my business or bringing people joy that way with like memorial things whatever it may be I'm always wanting to love people but I'm like okay I know you have made me a people person but use me mm-hmm. yeah and I still don't know what that is like I don't know who I want to be when I grow up mm-hmm. and I'm at where I am but I my dad's like your purpose is you're a mom and your purpose just to love those kids and I know that but I still feel like there's more for me mm-hmm. and I have that in my body and my soul and I don't know what it is so right. I am just trying to learn that and let go of the voices or the negative thoughts I'm hearing because I would say that's my biggest demon. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. So, Alex, to answer your question specifically, so over the years I've done, well, I love to read. Well, mm-hmm. according to Jennifer, I <laughs> love to. It's always a debate. I love to listen to books. But no, yes. even before that, I read a lot of books. So all mm-hmm. of Jim Cimbala's books. So he was the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Mm-hmm. out in New York, in his books, um, it, it's, I don't want to call them spirit-filled books, but it talks a lot about not only the Holy Spirit, but the demonic, right? Mm-hmm. Like the idea. And these are like real-life stories that yeah. would happen through, you know, doing that. Tommy Tinley, you know, books that, again, you know, address spiritual warfare and the mm-hmm. things that are going on. And then a lot of Christian fiction, you know, Frank Peretti and some of the other authors, authors that take the idea of spiritual warfare and put it into fiction, but it's the rea- it helps you get a view, yeah. like a picture of what is going on. C.S. Lewis, you know, writing yes. the screw tape letters, mm-hmm. you know, and, and again, just getting your mind opened up. Like, I think that's part of the problem is we lived in such, we live in such a closed minded practical society right right like we live in well x equals y and if this works then this has to work and Mm -hmm. i just don't think that's the spiritual realm you know and i and i think not only does it open you up to spiritual warfare it also opens you up to the power 
of God. Yeah. You know, it's both. So if you understand spiritual warfare, if you understand the spiritual realm, then you also understand the power of God. Mm-hmm. And you understand how he can use you to do extraordinary things that you could never do alone. And so whether it's reading, staying in touch with people, communicating with people, sharing your story, Mm -hmm. you know, back to what we've always said, it's like, you need to share your story of how Satan is attacking, but not only how Satan's attacking, but how you've overcome. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing that we all need to remember is, is that part of the sharing the stories on Sunday morning wasn't to sensationalize spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. Part of it was to say, Satan, you tried and you lost Mm -hmm. and you tried and you lost and you tried and you lost and you tried and you lost. And then these, these moments, my faith is growing deeper and stronger and you can keep trying to attack because I accept that as a reality of my life. Mm -hmm. The reality of my life is, is that Satan's going to continue to discourage and do whatever he can. Well, and you're also the pastor of a church. So you're going to be number one targeted. People are always going to be like, well, you're a pastor, you shouldn't sin normally. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're going to be in that position where he's going to be coming for you for sure. And I a hundred percent believe that. Yeah. So I would say for all, so Alex reading, talking, Mm -hmm. um, again, opening your mind, whatever you can do to open your mind. And again, I have friends that I talk to on a regular basis when they deal with spiritual warfare, we talk about it. Like, this is what I've seen. You know, it's not like there's a demon around every corner. The Mm -hmm. point just is, but they are real. And the things that Mm -hmm. are happening are real. Right. And I also want to share the stories of being an overcomer. I want to share the stories of where, you know, God is faithful in the midst of a world that's falling apart and Satan's trying to destroy. But at the end of the day, he can take everything, but he can't take who Mm -hmm. we are. You know, and so I think for all of our viewers, what we want to land on, and I think this is what we're going to end on today, is is just you have to remember, like, this is real, but just saying it's real and doing nothing about it is ridiculous. Well, I have a quick question for you before we end. Okay. Real fast. My struggle would be, to be honest with everyone, because I'm going to be vulnerable here, is you ever see those people who are like full of Christ and they're very vibrant and you just love them. And you're like, gosh, I really wish that I just had that Holy spirit in me. I've always had such a hard time finding that. Mm. And I don't know if it's cause I'm just not letting the Holy spirit in. Like, I mean, I love people and they can see that, but I guess my question to bounce off of Alex is like, how do you get that? How do you open yourself to that? Cause I feel like I've always tried. I've, and I've seen God move in my life. I've lost two people to cancer that I really mm-hmm. loved. And they said, either way I went, I get to be with you or I get to mm-hmm. be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So like you said with Sherry, like, well, good, well done, good and faithful. Mm-hmm. I know right. that was, I feel in my heart that was said to them. I don't understand how to feel that and to make that move forward. Cause I'm like, I don't feel anything. Like I know God is real. Mm-hmm. I know Jesus is real. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I guess what would be Jenny? like a Holy spirit fire? Is that what? Yeah. Like mean? how do you feel him moving? I have felt him moving in my life, but I guess my question would be, how do you become that person? Like, I'm not looking, you know how you just come to church and you see their face and you're like, gosh, they love Jesus so much. Yeah. And it's just vibrant. But I don't think that's always the case. I think everybody doubts. So I think, I don't know. I just think I know that. I mean, I'm sure you doubt sometimes. I mean, you, you've said that you've doubt Jesus, God. Oh, I've been pissed off. Right. Yeah. So I think it's, 
what you're seeing isn't everything that's there. You know what I mean? And I know that I'm not saying that. I'm just saying more like, how do I get that fire in my soul? Because I just don't feel it burning. <laughs> right. like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in general, would you give her a general, like, what generally, what would you say? I don't know. That's a hard question. Because that's where it comes down to if I tried and tried and tried my whole life and Jesus knows I'm still going to hell, what's the point in trying? And I don't feel that way. It's just sometimes Satan slips in and I'm like, well, you know, Drop the bombs yeah. at home. You say the bad words. You thought the thoughts. You're just going to hell. <laughs> so, I mean, it is like, I feel like I've tried so hard and that's where anxiety and depression comes in. But yeah. how do you get that fire? Yeah, I don't under that's a hard question for me because one of my biggest things is like overthinking my walk with well, God. Well, then you have people who hear Revelation and they're like, well, gosh, like if I have to be doing this every day, I'm not perfect and we're not called to be perfect. But it's like, how hard do I have to try? What do I really need to be doing? And I think that's a part of Alex's question as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, again, part of it is, is that we have to remember that um, total reliance is more what he's looking for than perfection and or behavior, right? right? And I think part of our problem is, is that, I mean, to say that, I mean, God of our own I'll lives, just give maybe. you an example. Like, this is going to, maybe people aren't going to come to Life Church. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was swearing this morning. So if this gives you the, like, oh, my gosh, if I swear yeah. or if I mess up, that somehow we've worked hard, but at the end of the day, we're going to hell. Like, I think the, the point that we have to get to is, is that I am at a place in my life where what I have learned is I have to be totally reliant on him. Mm -hmm. And I have to get to this place of, and again, I don't even mind saying this. I'm like, oh, you, you are an idiot <laughs> like you were an idiot mm -hmm. but at the end of the day this is what i do know i do know that god loves me yeah and i do know that he cares for it's me it's just like how do you like i notice a lot of times i become god of my life mm -hmm. and i don't try to but that's where the busyness comes in again and i'm mm -hmm. like okay how do i become fully reliant on him is it opening my bible app is it actually opening my bible like I, I think it's different. I mean, I, and I think it's different for different people. Yeah. You talked about this. Mm -hmm. It's And it's different rhythms at different times. Mm -hmm. Like I, sometimes I think it's journaling and sometimes I think it's reading and sometimes I think it's worshiping and sometimes I think it's going to small group and sometimes I think it's being in the woods and sometimes I think it's driving your car and sometimes I think it's going on a vacation with right. somebody. Sometimes I think it's a mission trip. Sometimes I just think it is a let's not for, let's not forget to be present in the moment. Yes. Like, and not worry about what we're not doing, mm -hmm. but be present in like, like, like the conversation that we were having here, like I could feel the spirit, a part of what we're doing. Like, I know it's going to be hard for people to hear, mm -hmm. but I think part of what gets us on fire is having conversations that matter and yeah. talking about things and just be present in the moment and know that it's not like, I got to go do something to achieve something, or I got to go somewhere to get the spirit. I'm like, it's just everywhere that I am and yeah. I'm going to do everything that I can, whether it's driving, whether it's feeding, whether it's talking to Nick and just try to be in the moment. I don't want to get caught up in legalism. I think that right. so mm -hmm. much is what kills people's spirit yes. is religion. Like I got to do this and I got to mm -hmm. do it this way. And if I don't do it this way, then God's going to not like me and I can't do it enough. And I feel so terrible. Like, listen, he already knows that I'm terrible and he already knows that I'm inconsistent. He already knows that I make terrible mistakes. Mm -hmm. He already knows all these things, but he does know this. There's no doubt. I love him. Like, yeah, I love him. I mean, and I, I, again, back to your relationship with your husband, your relationship with your husband to be someday. Like there was no doubt that Sherry could have made a list for you. And my future wife will make a list for you of things that are like, 
my kids will make a list for you of the things that I'm not that good at and things that I <laughs> failed in that. But I'll guarantee you that if you she ask me, she would have known I that you them, loved her. Yeah. There's no doubt in, in any of those mind that they know I would have died for I her. just want to say I'm so proud of you <laughs> for her passing and then how you've used it through your sermons. Mm-hmm. Because I went through that with my dad and my stepmom passing, and he loved that woman. Yeah. And she was a big foundation of our life. And I didn't know Sherry. I mean, maybe I didn't take. I'm just kind of to myself, but to watch her service and then to watch, I wasn't, I mean, Eric and I have talked like, what would you do? And to watch you preach through all of this and overcome, I'm, it's been amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. I just think. I can't, I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, I know. Eric is my best friend. And I think for all of us, I think this is the thing we need to remember. And I think this is the way that, that we can be overcome by the spirit is, Satan is the accuser, mm-hmm. and we need to remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says there is no condemnation in the Lord. Yeah. So I just say all the time, accuse me all you want. Because, again, as a leader of a church, I get accused all the time. Right. And I'm like, I, if I'm not going to take ac- ac- accusations from Satan, I'm sure the heck not going to take them from you, mm-hmm. you know, inside of the church. I find my identity in Jesus. He knows I love him, and he knows I make him up. And at the end of the day, you're only going to account for your sins, not theirs. Right, so I'm going to be accused. I'm going to be because you know what you know. Yeah, I'm going to be. You need to remember. Yeah, I'm going to be full. Well, it's easy for me to tell everyone else. (laughs) No, I'm going to be full of the Spirit Uh because of love and not religion. Yeah, that's just the way it's going to be. I'm going to be full of the Spirit, not because. I was perfect today, yeah. didn't sin today, didn't have a bad day, didn't yell well, at anybody. Well, just because you're a person of position in the church doesn't mean that Jesus loves you any more or less no. than anyone else, mm-hmm. and we still have to account yeah. at no, the end I of the day. No, I think at the end of the day, the love and the, the fullness, just like it is some of the greatest things that I can remember about growing up, about being married, about my kids, the times that I felt most loved is when I had failed and they loved me regardless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I was full the most mm-hmm. of love, when I felt the fullness was when I had made a mistake and they could still look at me and say, I love you. And that's it's, what it that's what it is like to be a mom. You right. know, you're like, okay, I could have done this, this, and this, and this, but they like you feel like you're falling apart and mm-hmm. they just still come back to you and love you at the end but of the day. And the, it's but, like, <laughs> but that's what, what we're trying I do to say to with, the, this? with the yeah. spirit. Like, it's just like Jesus and us being yeah. the children of Christ. And yeah. I struggle with that too. Like, and I think it's the anxiety and depression. Like, it is. And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, for me, a, I know that. Mm-hmm. I know that, that he attacks my mind and I know that he tells me those things. But so listening just be to, aware of that. Like, mm-hmm. know that that's not him. So when right. I have those Speak thoughts, away. Mm-hmm. yes, I'm like, this is not of you. Like, I'm going to be like, Jenny, I'm yeah. having those Jenny, right? Jenny. Jenny's on speed dial. Like, whenever those thoughts come, say, no, that is not of God. Like, right. you have to. And, and I've actually developed that in Sometimes, like, in recovery, they tell you, like, you have to start out like every second of the day. Well, the same thing with that, because your thoughts are you're thinking it every second of the day and it's just continues, continues. But it gets better, like as you continue to go on. Well, and I just think we need to remember back to identity and let's leave it at this. If you find your true identity in Jesus Christ, you're never going to think too high of yourself or too low of yourself. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the reality. I mean, and that's what gets people in trouble. People in leadership yes. positions think too high of themselves. You know, and then all of a sudden somebody's on them or, you know, saying, well, you did this. And I'm like, okay, join the club. I mean, I already know. You don't have to remind me that I'm right. Wrong. You don't have to remind me that you I shouldn't, should be. 
always feel 100% comfortable in church or any type of worship or if something is prying at you, it means change needs to happen. Right. So I, again, if I, if I'm truly going to walk away and say, I found my identity in Jesus, I'm never going to be too high and I'm never going to be too low. And I'm going to be full of joy, not Mm -hmm. always happy and not sad, but I am going to be joyful. Like in the midst of it, I can get my joy because of my identity I can get my joy because at the end of the day, the world throws all kinds of stuff at you, but he can't win, you know? And and again, you can make life difficult, but at the end of the day, we have to land on, you know, joy in the spirit. So put up our number real quick, Nick. Yeah. We're over time, but Jenny, give us, tell people this, what they need to do. So here is our number. So you want to get into our texting group. And so this is why the, it's really important to text podcast because that puts you in our groups because we have two right now, which we didn't, but text 260-408-8383. And we want to basically just have a conversation with you, engage with you. We want questions. If you want to be a guest, we want just to talk to you. Yeah. And we appreciate everybody that's went on, watched on yes, our YouTube channel comments. and left comments. Uh-huh. So that's something that can help us a lot. We're thankful to all you guys that have been out there sharing um, our podcast with other people on social media. So thank you very much for sharing that, putting it a part of the feed. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, the round table, Life Church wants to be a part of a movement, right. you know, and that's what we're really praying for. We're praying for revival. We're praying for a movement. And we believe through special guests like Hannah and the insight that you can bring and the, the ideas of the perspective of what God's doing and, and through what we can talk about together, we feel like these are all divine conversations. Mm-hmm. We think yeah. that there are people out there. So not necessarily did this podcast relate with you, but understand that this could relate with someone. Yeah, it absolutely right? did. And so get it out there and share it with other people. Let other people be, because we just believe conversations aren't just conversations. They're divine appointments. Absolutely. And we believe by you sharing them and you being a part of it could make the difference in God. People say all the time, I don't know how to be evangelist. Share a post on social media, yeah. share this so podcast. And allow God to do what only he can do through mm-hmm. the words, you know, through the people that he's using. And so, mm-hmm. Anna, thank you for yeah. being our guest. We loved it and enjoyed uh, your time here with us. And again, uh, we'll continue to pray for you and your family as you're going down this road and continue to pray for what you guys are doing. And we thank everybody out there that joined us, whether you're listening or watching online. Thanks. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye. Bye.